your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 753 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, given that this is Thursday's episode and the Rangers have a heavyweight matchup tonight uh, against the Boston Bruins, I think uh, it only makes sense for us to actually spend the duration of today's show talking uh, about that very matchup. We don't usually do this where we dedicate an entire episode to previewing the upcoming game. You know, usually I'll just kind of mention the matchup toward the end of the episode and we'll talk about some other things earlier. And then after the game happens, obviously we'll spend the next episode talking about, you know, everything that happened in the game. But given the fact that this is Rangers Bruins, that the Bruins are off to such a strong start this season and certainly seem to be a dangerous team uh, heading toward the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, I thought it only made sense for us to, you know, kind of do a deep dive here on Rangers versus Bruins, talk about some key matchups, talk about uh, some things that the Rangers are going to have to do if they are going to have any chance of beating this team that is in first place in the NHL and basically in first place in just about every relevant stat, or at least very close to first place. But we're going to talk about all that. We're also going to talk about uh, the Rangers and Bruins, their previous matchup, which happened on November 3rd at Madison Square Garden. This game will also be at Madison Square Garden. And also going to talk about a transaction that the Rangers made just a short time ago, and we will discuss the status of Chris Kreider and whether or not he should be expected uh, to return to this game here. And like I said, we're going to do what we can here to cover this upcoming game at just about every angle. But one thing I want to point out uh, quickly here is just how strange the Rangers' schedule is right now. Uh, They had the back-to-back against the Canadians and the Jackets on Sunday and Monday, respectively. Then they have two days off before playing the Bruins on Thursday. Then three days off before playing the Panthers on Monday. Uh, That game against the Panthers will be the start of the Rangers playing three games in five days. You got home against Panthers. You've got at Maple Leafs. And you got home against the Golden Knights. Then the Rangers are off for nine straight days. And of course, that nine-day break has a lot to do with the All-Star break. You know, everybody gets a couple of days off and we enjoy the All-Star festivities as uh, hockey fans. And, you know, that's always a good time. But, you know, the All-Star break only runs from February 2nd to February 5th. So it really doesn't explain why the Rangers uh, have so many days in a row off, nine to be exact. And, you know, there's a four-game stretch there or a four-day stretch there where... You know, the NHL is in action. It's before the All-Star break happens, but the Rangers don't play on any of those four days. So uh, just kind of strange, but, you know, obviously the Rangers will roll with the punches, and uh, so will we here. Just wanted to kind of point out uh, the strange nature of the Rangers' schedule that they're currently in right now, this this leg of their schedule. Uh, also, a quick programming note. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Uh, the Bruins will be in action on Wednesday at the Islanders. 
So the hope there is that maybe the Bruins, when they play the Rangers, won't be at their best playing in the second game of a back-to-back. Obviously, that's not something that you really can really count on uh, when it comes to your opponent, but uh, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully they're just a half-step slow uh, for the game against the Rangers. Uh, but as far as what the Rangers are up against here, once again, as of this recording, and it is Tuesday as I'm uh, doing this episode here, uh, the Bruins have a record of 34-5-4, and and it's even more insane when you say that out loud. You know, it's one thing when I'm doing my notes here and preparing for the episode and everything, you say that out loud and it's like, my God, I mean, that is just an insane start to the season. Even if you combine the regulation losses with the overtime losses, they're winning nearly 80% of their games. It's pretty crazy. Uh, They've got a league high 166 goals scored. They've given up a league low 94 goals. So naturally, that means they have the best goal differential as well at plus 72. And the next Best goal differential in the NHL belongs to the Devils, who are a plus 40. So the Bruins are 32 points ahead of the uh, second-place team in that department. As far as what they've done lately, the Bruins are 11-1-2 in their last 14 games. And remember, none of these stats are going to include uh, Wednesday's game between the Bruins and the Islanders. It's just, uh, you know, with my schedule, it makes more sense to record it here today. So I mean, we'll see what happens in that game too. But regardless, obviously, this team is on fire lately. Uh, but the Rangers are rolling themselves. You know, they're not going to be the only uh, hot team on the ice are the Bruins, you know, when they take on the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Since the infamous Jacob Truba helmet throw... The Rangers have gone 14-3-2. So, I mean, they're rolling, and they've basically improved at just about every aspect of hockey uh, since that happened. Guys are just more engaged in the game, and there's a sense of urgency. And uh, most players up and down the roster are playing quite a bit better. Uh, Ke'Andre Miller comes to mind. Uh, Jacob Truba, he comes to mind a little bit as well. Uh, you're getting some secondary scoring from guys like Philip Hedl, uh, Julian Gauthier before he got hurt. Uh, ben Harper has done a nice job. Uh, you know, filling in as that sixth defenseman. Braden Schneider is, is taking his game to new heights. Panarin looks more engaged. Uh, Kako has played better. Mika and Kreider look more engaged. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Igor Shesterkin, of course, you know, he's really rounding into form here. So the Rangers are basically on fire uh, in their own right, and so are the Bruins, so this should make for a heck of a matchup. But I want to get into a couple of uh, league rankings here for each team because this is where, uh, you know, it really stands out. Uh, as far as the Bruins are concerned, and why they've been, or at least partially, why they've been as good as they've been so far this season. The Bruins, so far this year, and and keep in mind, we are past the halfway point, so uh, all these stats certainly hold water by now. It's not like we're 10 games into the season or anything like that. Um, But the Bruins, they have the number two power play in the NHL with a success rate of 25.9%. They also have the number one penalty kill in the NHL at 88.2%. They're the second best team on the faceoff circle at 56%. By comparison, you know, the Rangers are good in most of these departments, but not elite. Uh, the Rangers now number 15 in the league in power play efficiency at 22.1%, which, you know, that's kind of interesting too. And I, I think somebody pointed this out in the YouTube uh, section. So the Bruins are number two in power play. The Rangers are number 15. The Bruins succeed 25.9% of the time. The Rangers succeed 22.1% of the time. So I mean, from number two to number 15, it's less than a 4% difference. But, you know, I I think when you magnify that across an A2 game regular season, you do kind of feel that, you know. And and again, it's not always just the success rate. The Rangers recently, 
just don't look dangerous enough on the power play. I thought this most recent game against Columbus, despite them going just one for five, was something of a step in the right direction. They just looked a little bit better, and of course, they scored the one power play goal. But uh, just interesting to note that from number two in the league in power play to number 15, it's a difference of, uh, like I said, just uh, 3.8%, if we want to be exact, a little bit below 4%. Uh, but then the Rangers in the penalty kill, success rate of 80.5%. And the Rangers are number 21 in the league on the face-off circle at 49%. We will see if they can get their head above water there and, you know, finish uh, better than 50% for the first time in like, you know, 200 years or however long it's been here. I think it's about 15 years, but yeah, you get the idea. Um, we will uh, go ahead, keep everything rolling in just a second. I definitely want to talk about, you know, the earlier matchup between the Rangers and the Bruins this year. Uh, the Bruins won that game 5-2 to two in Madison Square Garden behind a big third period. Also going to talk about some keys to victory for the Rangers if they are to uh, avenge that earlier loss that they had against the Bruins this season. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From pro football to the NHL to basketball and the upcoming MLB season, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as promised, want to go ahead and uh, discuss, uh, at least for a couple of minutes here, the last meeting between the Bruins and the Rangers, which occurred at Madison Square Garden on November 3rd. The Rangers lost that one 5-2, and at first glance, you probably think like, well, you know, that's back when the Rangers were scuffling a little bit. Uh, probably was a runaway win for the Bruins. Not really. This game was tied as late as about midway through the third period. Or, you know, I actually have the box score open here. I can tell you exactly when uh, the Bruins took what turned out to be then a uh, game-long lead there. If my laptop feels like cooperating. Yeah. So Trent Frederick got the uh, game-winning goal for the Bruins, 6:04 into the third period. To that point, it had been tied. Uh, the Rangers were down one to nothing in the first period. They tied the game about midway through the second period on a goal by Jimmy Vesey, uh, his first goal of the season. Uh, Charlie Coyle gives the Bruins a lead at two to one in the third period. Adam Fox comes back less than a minute later, ties the game. Kako to Kreider to Fox ties the game at two. But then the Bruins down the stretch, uh, six oh four into the third period. The aforementioned Trent Frederick goal, ten nineteen into the third. Jake DeBrus scores to make it four to two. And then uh, Hampus Lindholm, with just 58 seconds remaining, uh, gets the empty netter and uh, pretty much seals the deal. Capo Caco with two assists in this game as well. Uh, as far as some other noteworthy stats from this game, nobody really had any luck on the power play. Uh, the Bruins went 0 for 3. The Rangers went 0 for 2. The Bruins outshot the Rangers by a 37 to 20 clip, and the Bruins won 61% of the faceoffs. Uh, the Rangers did out hit the Bruins 39 to 21, so they kind of, uh, if nothing else, outmuscled a team that. Uh, used to try to bully the Rangers a little bit, and the Rangers have done a better job kind of standing up for themselves, uh, you know, probably starting last season and uh, coming into this season as well. And this was kind of a nasty game between these two teams. We got some fisticuffs. Uh, Braden Schneider with a big hit, and then he is jumped by A.J. Greer. This is about midway through the second period, so right at the halfway point of the game, 
Uh, both Greer and Schneider got five for fighting. Greer also got a two-minute instigator penalty and a 10-minute misconduct. And at the same time, we also had uh, Barclay Goodrow and Trent Frederick dropping the gloves. So all this happening once again midway through the second period and not very surprising. You know, this rivalry has very gradually but very steadily gotten nastier and nastier over the past handful of seasons. I think we all remember uh, the stuff with Marshan and Panarin and, you know, Panarin throwing his glove at him. But just in general, you know, when the Rangers were going through the rebuild, I noticed this with the Bruins more so than any other team in the NHL uh, as far as when they were playing the Rangers. The Bruins would always try to kind of punk out the Rangers and kind of bully them a little bit, try to intimidate them. And it hasn't been working in recent seasons because the Rangers have kind of you know grown up a little bit. Obviously, they had Ryan Reeves watching their back for last season and uh, some other guys that are more physical and guys that are willing to fight on the team uh, now than probably they had two years ago. And I think the Bruins have been frustrated by that. They've, they've kind of lost that edge. That's not to say the Bruins can't beat the Rangers. They obviously can, but they're not going to dominate them uh, as far as the mental side of the game and as far as like intimidation or anything like that. And I get the feeling that that probably bothers the Boston Bruins. Just just kind of a hunch there. But yeah, I mean, like I said, these games tend to get nasty, and I don't think it's going to be a surprise at all if uh, we see more fisticuffs, more you know, pushing and shoving after the play, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, the Rangers recently, these last handful of games here, there hasn't really been too much of that. But, you know, Rangers-Bruins, it's a powder keg right now. It just needs a spark to go off. And uh, probably handful of minutes into the first period, maybe seven, eight minutes into the first, we'll see something happen. And, you know, I'm not advocating senseless violence. I'm not saying the Rangers should go out there and look to attack them, but you got to be ready for that kind of a game. It's it probably going to get nasty between these two teams because it typically does when the Rangers are playing the Bruins uh, in recent seasons here. And I definitely want to go ahead and turn our attention to some keys to victory for the New York Rangers in this game. And, you know, we're going to do that and a whole bunch of other stuff in just a second. Uh, But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. All right, and to just kind of keep things rolling here, I want to talk about uh, what the Rangers are going to have to do if they're going to have a chance to uh, knock off this Boston Bruins team, which obviously, once again, has had just an unbelievable start to the season. Uh, for starters, let's get Madison Square Garden absolutely rocking for this game. I want playoff-type intensity. You know, as we already mentioned, the Rangers right now have that weird schedule. They've had two days off going into uh, this 
game here, and they'll have three days off right after this game against the Bruins. So uh, I think the Garden crowd really needs to bring it, really needs to kind of light a fire under the Rangers. The Rangers have obviously been playing well once again since the Jacob Truba uh, helmet throw, but man, I want like a whole other level. I want to see them uh, at the best of their abilities for this game. There is no reason for that crowd not to be rocking when you consider that it's Rangers-Bruins, which is always a rivalry in any sport and where emotions are always going to run high. And as for the players, there's no reason really to not empty the tank. They should be uh, good and rested by the time this game rolls around on Thursday night. They've had the last two days off or, you know, practicing, of course, but no games. You know what I mean. No games in the last two days. And then uh, they'll have three days with no games immediately after this one. So there's no reason to not go just completely, uh, you know, pedal to the metal, step on the gas, leave everything on the ice type of a performance for the New York Rangers. And if that's not enough to get it done, well, at least you gave it everything you had. At least you took advantage of uh, the schedule that you've been dealt right now. The Bruins, once again, on the second game of a back-to-back. The Rangers, this is one of only, or this is the only game that the Rangers will play uh, during a 6 day span, which started on Tuesday the 17th and will end on Sunday the 22nd. This is the only game uh, in that time frame there. So I, I want to see that mentality from the Rangers. We need to win this game. I want to see that mentality from the fans. We need to win this game. Uh, statement victory for the Rangers. So, you know, I want to see these guys skating their tails off, uh, contesting everything, physical play, willing to mix it up. We talked about that earlier, but, you know, again, the Bruins have guys like Marshan and Pasternak and, and Frederick, and you get the feeling sooner or later some of these guys are going to act up, and uh, once again, the Rangers need to be ready for it. Uh, as far as some more tangible things, though, I've been talking about this on and off over the last handful of games, and of course, the Rangers have played well recently, but one thing I would like to see more of, especially on the power play, but even at a even strength as well, is just seeing more traffic, more chaos in front of the opposing team's net. There's been too many times recently where I feel like the opposing goaltender just isn't under enough pressure, just isn't under enough stress, you know, gets a lot of clean looks at the puck. I want to see a little bit more traffic, a little bit more havoc right there uh, in the goalie crease. And uh, hopefully Chris Kreider can bring that to the table. Uh, it sounds like he is probably going to play in this game against the Bruins. And uh, we'll talk about Kreider in just a little bit here. But, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that the Rangers need more chaos, more havoc in front of the net. That's especially true when you consider the fact that the Bruins have two very, very, very good goalies. Uh, Olmark right now, and it, it's hard to say which goalie we're going to get because, again, the Bruins are playing the back-to-back, -back and you know we'll see if one goalie gets one game, one goalie gets the other. But Olmark right now, the best goals against average in hockey at 1.92, the best save percentage in hockey at 9.36. Uh, Swayman is number seven in goals against average at 235. So either way, Rangers got to be up against a very capable goalie. I suppose if I'm being completely honest here, and I understand, be careful what you wish for, but you know, just going by the numbers and what they've done so far this season— uh, Swayman, you would you would think the Rangers would have a better chance to beat him than Olmark. But you know what? Who cares about that? Give me Olmark. Let, let's go up against Olmark. I know, be careful what you wish for again. But yeah, let, let's see the Bruins at full bore and at full strength. And if the Rangers win this game, I don't want any Bruins fans to be saying, well, you beat our backup goalie, blah, 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 blah. So you know what? Bring on Linus Olmark. Let, let's see what he can do. And let's see him go up against Igor Shesterkin. And as for the Rangers, I mean, we pretty much know for a fact that it's going to be Igor Shesterkin. Uh, obviously, it's a heavyweight matchup. Yaroslav Halak playing the most recent game. And it's going to be Igor out there uh, back between the pipes for the Rangers. And Igor, as I mentioned, has been getting better and better as this season has progressed. He went through some early season hiccups. But in his last 14 games, Igor has allowed two goals or fewer in seven of them. So that's a pretty impressive stretch. And uh, this 
would be a great game to run that streak to eight out of 15 games. I get the feeling that the Rangers are going to win. Going to need a big performance from Igor. Going to have to eke out like a 2-1 to one win, a 3-2 to two win, something along those lines. Uh, we shall see. One other stat about Igor, too. In that same 14-game stretch that he's had, uh, he has allowed more than three goals only one time. So Igor obviously playing a lot better uh, for this team. Maybe not quite at last year's insane video game-like level, but uh, still very, very good. Uh, as far as uh, you know, some key matchups here, I think, you know, you look at the Bruins and you look at who's dangerous and, uh, you know, who's a threat every single game. You have to start uh, with the perfection line. They've recently, at least according to a couple of depth charts that I've seen, they've had passer knock off of the top line. He's been on the second line with Zaka and with Krejci, and they've had Craig Smith on the top line with Marchand and Bergeron. But, you know, they're all out there on the power play together, uh, that being Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak. And I think if they're in a situation where they're down by a goal, I could easily see them going back uh, to that trio. We will see. But, you know, containing that line is going to be much easier said than done. But I will say, you know, despite the Rangers losing 5-2 to two against the Bruins, that's another thing. If you just hear that score and, you know, you try to envision or imagine how that game went, you probably think like, well, you know, the big three for the Bruins, they probably just absolutely went off in that game. Was not the case. Uh, between Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak in that previous meeting between the Rangers and Bruins, uh, the Bruins got just one goal from Pasternak, but that was the only point as far as those three players combined. It was some secondary uh, scores that actually got the Rangers. Um, but you, know, you got to figure that that line for the Bruins uh, if they are reunited, even if not, even if they have uh, you know just two out of the three on the top line, that line will be going up against uh, the line of Kreider, Mika, and Kako, once again, assuming that Chris Kreider is going to play in this game. Um, but that's especially true because the Rangers get the last change, and I think of all the Ranger lines, that's probably the one you'd want to match up uh, against um, you know the, the Bruins' top line. You know, maybe the Ranger... Well, I was going to say the Ranger third line, but now Krasov is on the third line, so you don't really see him as a defensive specialist. I think for sure you'll see the Rangers uh, try to counter that line with Kreider and Mika and Kako as much as possible, and hopefully some Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren out there against that line as well. You get the feeling that certainly uh, Ryan Lindgren and Brad Marchand are going to find each other. They always do. Um, we know Marchand won't drop the gloves, but that's beside the point. Uh, bottom line. Uh, you got to imagine the Ranger top defensive pairing and the top line will be out there to uh, deal with the biggest threats on the Boston Bruins. And just as a quick aside here, I got to ask you guys a question here. Is there a more nauseating nickname in the history of sports than the perfection line? Like, I, I can't really think of any. One that that's kind of a low-key, terrible nickname, and it's also a Boston player, is Big Poppy. I've always thought that was just awful. Um, there's... I got to mention, to be fair here, we'll throw a New York nickname in there as well. So John Sterling obviously does a fantastic job. Everybody loves John Sterling. But he used to call Derek Jeter El Capitan, which I thought was just awful. Clearly not John Sterling's best work there. Uh, but I can't really look at that as an official nickname for Derek Jeter because I don't think another human being on this planet ever called Derek Jeter El Capitan other than John Sterling. And again, John Sterling's the man. He's done a great job for the Yankees uh, over the years. But uh, yeah, not not his best work there for sure. But just wanted to throw that out there. I think the most nauseating nickname in the history of sports is the perfection line. But if you guys have some others in mind besides uh, the perfection line or Big Poppy or uh, El Capitan, throw it in the comments section on YouTube or email me with a couple. There's probably a few that I'm forgetting here off the top of my head. But yeah, even saying that out loud, I just ugh, I, I don't like it. It's a it's, uh, brutal nickname. But anyway, uh, I think another key matchup in this game... <laughs> 
you know, bringing things back to the actual matchup here. Uh, the Ranger power play. They've got their work cut out for them against this Boston uh, penalty kill unit, as we already mentioned. Boston has succeeded at an 88% rate so far this season while on the kill. And, you know, the Rangers, with, with their power play, they've scuffled a little bit recently. And again, tough matchup, but they got to find a way to get at least one in this game. I, I think goals are going to be at a premium against this Bruins team that is so uh, tough defensively. Uh, the Rangers will get a boost, presumably with Kreider being back in the mix. And, you know, you got to figure he'll be right back out there on the top power play unit in his usual spot as a net front presence. And you hope that this could be the kind of game where, where Kreider comes through with a deflection or a dirty goal, you know, cleaning up some loose change in the crease there. Uh, the Rangers have certainly been missing Chris Kreider over these past three games that he's missed. Uh, but perhaps in no one area any greater than the power play. And I know that the power play was struggling a little bit uh, with Kreider even in the lineup. But, you know, a struggling power play doesn't need to lose one of its biggest threats on the ice. That That's not a recipe for success at all. Uh, I also want to mention just the uh, home and away splits for these two teams. It's interesting because the Rangers this year have actually been better on the road than they have been at home. At Madison Square Garden, the Rangers are 11-8-4, so under 500 if you combine all the losses. Uh, on the road, though, 14-5-3. So the Rangers have been road warriors this season. The Bruins at home... They are 21-1-3, so we are more than halfway through the season. The Bruins have lost a grand total of one game in regulation at home, which is pretty crazy. Uh, on the road, slightly less insane record for the Bruins on the road at 13-4-1, so they're at least somewhat beatable uh, when they go on the road, but just wanted to throw that out there and just kind of you know mention the fact that the Rangers have actually been a better road team on the road or a better team on the road than they have been at home. And again, you know, if it's if we're 10, 15 games into the season, I wouldn't think much of that, but we're past the halfway point here. So uh, I do think stats like that begin to hold water, uh, certainly at this point in the season. Uh, one other thing that I want to mention here, though, I've been talking about Chris Kreider kind of on and off through the whole episode. Ryan Carpenter was sent back down to the Hartford Wolfpack. He had recently been promoted to the Rangers, spent, I want to say, the last two games as a healthy scratch, never got back into the lineup, obviously played for the Rangers a little bit uh, earlier in the season, got placed on waivers, got sent back down uh, to the Hartford Wolfpack. But with the Rangers setting Carpenter down, they didn't call anybody up. So that tells me that they're going to roll with 22 players uh, for the foreseeable future. And it probably also means that, once again, Chris Kreider will be available for this game. If they don't have... Uh, Carpenter or any other forwards sticking around, then that would leave them with just 12 forwards if Chris Kreider was not healthy. So I would imagine Kreider gets back into the lineup, probably slots right back in there on the first line. He'll be out there with Mika and Kako, you would have to think. Also, he'll be back out there on the top power play unit. Uh, Lafreniere didn't really do anything to, you know, claim that spot on the top line. And honestly, even if Lafreniere had played very well, I get the feeling the Rangers probably would have gone back to Kreider on that top line spot. I just think there's a, a trust there. And obviously Kreider's having another very nice season for himself. So I think for sure, you know, if Kreider's in the lineup, which all seem all signs seem to point that he will be, uh, he'll be out there with Mika and with Kako. I think the second line probably stays the same of what we've seen in the past game and a half here. Uh, Panarin, Trocek, and Vizi from left to right. And then the third line, I think you're probably looking from left to right, uh, Lafreniere, Hedl, and Kravtsov. So, sort of a, a modified kid line, I guess you could say. It, it's not the kid line because Kako's up there with uh, Mika and Kreider now, but, you know, Kravtsov's very young, and obviously uh, we, we could still call that the kid line, the kid line 2.0, something along those lines. Um, and then for the fourth line, and this is where it kind of gets interesting as far as uh, who's the odd man out with Chris Kreider being back in the lineup, my prediction is that they will go from left to right, Sammy Blay, Barclay Goodrow, Johnny Brodzinski, and LeCision will be the odd man out. 
Um, you know, Goodrow's obviously going to be there. It's just kind of a matter of which position he plays on the fourth line. Uh, the fourth line, I thought, had a pretty good game in this most recent, you know, contest against the Blue Jackets. So I would imagine, you know, Brodzinski had a couple of scoring opportunities. I think maybe that buys him another game. Probably should have drawn a penalty. It just was not called. Uh, Sammy Blay looked okay in the most recent game. And LeCision just got here. I get the feeling he's probably going to be the odd man out. You know, he drew a penalty in the last game, but in his two games here, I don't think he's done anything to really distinguish himself enough to, you know, really, really, you know, claim a spot in the uh, in the lineup on a nightly basis. But it's anybody's guess, really. I mean, you could make a case for LeCision still being out there. Take Brodzinski out. Take Blay out. I know a lot of Ranger fans will probably be... Uh, crowing for Sammy Bay to be out of the lineup, and certainly the case could be made there. Um, but if I had to take a, a stab at it here, I would say LeCision will be the odd man out uh, for the Rangers in this game against the Bruins. Uh, that will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. we got one more episode this week, and that will be Friday's episode where we talk about whatever happens between the Rangers and the Bruins on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Uh, this episode, like several others, uh, has debuted, or if you're watching this live during its debut, on YouTube. It is debuting earlier than the audio version, so you definitely want to subscribe to YouTube. Uh, there's a couple of things that only go on YouTube as well. They don't you know, necessarily make their way into episodes, so uh, please do subscribe to the Lockdown New York Rangers YouTube channel, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, uh, thanks so much for tuning in, and I will see you next time.